was a very sober time. Someone had just died and was being buried. And we were walking through the tombstones to get to the spot where this person was going to have to be laid down. We had to walk through these tombstones. And because there was so much crowd, I like to you know, observe my surroundings, look at what is going on, try and listen into what God is saying. And so what I did was I started to read the um, the headstones, read what was written on all of them. And I found enough to, you know, arouse my curiosity. You would most often read this person was born so-and-so time. They died so-and-so time. Some people lived very long, some very short. Some, there would be like an epistle talking about the person. Some others, there would just be one line. And some others, there would be nothing. Actually, some people did not even have an, a headstone. So, for you who is looking, you'll be wondering, what about this person? Don't they have a family? Because you actually find that some tombs were well decorated. Some were just laid, left there as if these people don't have anybody. What that tells me is that, yes, these bones were not speaking, but you could hear their voices. You could hear what they were saying. You could hear because it set your mind rolling. It set conversations agog in your mind. And Max Lucado said that you should take life decisions in a cemetery. And I agree because it's hardly that anybody goes to the cemetery dancing. Nobody goes there. Everybody's sober. Everybody's reminded of their mortality. Everybody's reminded that life is short. No matter how long you plan to live here, 100, 150, it does not compare to eternity. That the grave is silent does not mean it is not talking. Welcome. Today, we're going to be talking about the many voices of silence, and we're going to look at the times that silence was used in the Bible. One of those times was when Jesus was taken before Pilate, the governor. He had come here to earth as a man to take on the assignment of reconciling man to God. Man had sinned, and man deserved to die. And the only way man will not die is if someone undertook to take his place. That Jesus did. He left his glory and came here. So for 33 years, he was here on earth. Three years of those, he had disciples that he was pouring himself to, telling them about the kingdom of God. And at this point where he came before Pilate, it was on the final days, on his final lap of his time here on earth. And so he had told his disciples that, his time was up and that he was going to transition from earth to heaven. But some things would happen before that goes. One of which is that he will be falsely accused and he will be brought before the governor and the priest and he would have a sentence of death pronounced over him. All of this happened. At the time Jesus was before Pilate, they had laid all these accusations on him. He was he called himself God. He said he would build the temple in three days. Temple that took them forty six years to build. He was going to rebuild it in three days. And to them, that was sacrilegious. No man should call himself God. And they knew who Jesus's parents were. They knew where he had come from. So as far as they were concerned, it was blaspheming 
to call himself God. So all these accusations, Pilate is there waiting for Jesus to defend himself. Jesus says nothing, and Pilate is exasperated because, hey, how does how do you get accused of all these criminal offenses that has that sentence of death hanging over you, and you make no move to defend yourself? Jesus was not going to do any such thing. The Bible says he kept quiet, which rattled the king. He rattled them because you expect that he would put up a fight. He didn't. In fact, when Pilate reminded him that he was governor and he was he had the powers to kill him, Jesus replied. He said, no, dear, you don't. What you think you have is given to you and it's your time so you can do as you like. The noise of silence, the many voices of silence, the art of silence is the weapon of war. Bible says, in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. Silence is actually a statement of strength. Silence, it takes a lot of grit. It takes a lot of strength to rein yourself in. Because let me tell you something. There are many voices that go through your being in a given day. To calm all those voices and command them to remain quiet is a statement of strength. It is a statement of someone who is in control. Usually, your world will be screaming, there will be storm, there will be wind, there will be waves, and you command silence. There will be death, there will be trouble, and God's response is silence. You know, many times the human nature is for you to, no, I must say something, I must defend myself, I must do that, I must do this. And God says, do nothing. He says in Psalm 46 verse 10, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted. How do you stay still in the face of danger? Because that Psalm 36 started with God is our very present help in time of trouble, which tells me that there's trouble in place. He said, the earth may be removed, the seas may be lost, the mountains may skip and all of that. And God's word, God's response to that is, be still. How can you be still in the face of danger? That's God's way. And if you are God's child, that way is what you need to learn. Silence has its own language. You need to learn it. And you cannot learn it in the noisy places of this world. You have to remove yourself. Jesus taught that to his disciples many times. When he wanted to deal with matters of life and death, he withdrew himself. He withdrew himself to where he could shut out the noise. My dear friend, are you able to shut out the noises that come at you every day in your life? Sometimes... We find the effect of silence. When you keep quiet, nobody can quote silence. I hope you know that. Bible says when a man keeps quiet, is when a fool keeps quiet, is considered wise. So if you keep quiet, you will be considered wise. People will think that because they don't know what you're thinking. So they're going to let you go. They're going to let you be. And that your silence has set them on a journey because... Each of the thoughts that come to them is weighty enough for them to consider and to see what to do about it. We're talking about the noise of silence. They brought a woman to Jesus. She had been caught in adultery. Adultery is committed by two people. And the sentence 
of adultery according to the Jewish laws is that they be stoned to death because it's an is a blatant disobedience going against God's law. These people didn't care about the woman, neither did they care about Jesus. They wanted to trap Jesus. They wanted to give him a naughty issue and see how he will resolve this naughty issue. The Bible tells us that Jesus did not respond to them immediately. He bent his head down and started to write in the sand. That gave them enough time. The noises of silence, the voices of silence, you interpret it anyhow you want. When it was done writing, there was silence enough to get them to think. By the time Jesus put words to his silence, they could not stand. Because what Jesus said was that, it's okay, you can kill her, but only if you are innocent yourself. The Bible records that one by one, they dropped their weapons of war and they left the scene, one defeated because they knew they were not innocent. Jesus, the Lord of hosts, Jesus, the Redeemer of mankind, Jesus, the King of kings, after he was sentenced to death, killed on the cross of Calvary on a Friday, Saturday was quiet. Saturday is the Jewish Shabbat day, meaning that it was a day that they were to do nothing but to to rein themselves in and attend to God matters. There was silence. This particular Saturday was more silent than any other because something had just occurred in the land of Israel that will rattle the world till Jesus comes back again. You and I are still talking about it today. It's been 2,000 years, people. The many voices of silence. Why does God command silence in the face of war? It's because silence is a more potent voice than all the many voices you could have used. Jesus had told the disciples, after a long day, let's go to the other side. He was the one that ordered the right. Are you telling me that Jesus, the, the God himself, did not know that there was going to be a storm? Because the Bible says that whilst they were halfway through, there was a storm. To the point that they were afraid of their lives because they went to Jesus. The disciples went to Jesus, who was, at, by the way, at the back of the boat, sleeping on a cushion. And they were like, Master, do you not care that we perish? Are you not bothered that we are going to drown? We know you can save yourself, but you, how about us? And Bible looks at them and says, really, I've been with you this long. You don't know that I have power over the waves too. And he looks at the sea. He says, be still. And the Bible says that he said, what manner of man is this? That even the winds and the seas obey him. I tell you, because he's the Lord of creation, every part of creation obeys his voice. And his voice many times is louder in silence. Elijah the prophet had just been done with the prophets of Baal. It's been a whirlwind of um, situations. And after this, God promises, oh yeah, come apart, let me talk to you. The Bible says the fire came, the wind came, the noise came. God was not in the noise. He was there in the still, small voice. Is it possible that you have not been hearing God because there's too much noise around you? Is it possible that you have not heard God's voice because you have not reined yourself in, in quiet enough for him to hear you? My dear friend, you need to come. Calm down. Let God, let God take over. Rest. 
Some of us don't know how to rest. We know how to fret. We know how to worry. We know how to, you know, do like this in in the middle of the sea. You don't need all of that. You don't. You just need to rest. Actually, when you refuse to be still, you are living in disobedience because that word that says be still and know, it's a command. It's not an advice and it's not a suggestion. It's a command. So every time God tells you to do something and you don't do it, what you're saying is that God, I'm not going to obey you. I'm going to go my own way. God was talking to the children of Israel. I'm telling you, just be still and be quiet because therein lies your confidence and strength. But if you not be still and quiet, that thing that you are worrying about is what is going to pursue you. That's what he said in Isaiah 30, 15, 13 to 15, actually. So how about you relax? How about you relax? How about you let God take over this whole thing? Stop fretting, my dear friend. Stop worrying. Worry takes nobody anywhere. Bible says, take no thought. Don't worry about what you eat, what you will drink. God knows and he will take care of it. When you refuse to be still, you refuse to be controlled. Being still before God is a sign that you rely implicitly on him. You want, you want his control. No controversy. You want God to be in charge of that which concerns you. That's a safe place to be because, hey, you really can't defend yourself and many enemies that you are fighting are too big for you. So how about you kick it up and let God take over the fight for you? Let me see. They say that still waters run deep. Silence is golden. Nobody can quote silence. Nobody can say you said this when you didn't say anything. The Bible says that a fool, when he keeps quiet, is considered wise. So are you going to be running your mouth? Are you going to be fretting? Are you going to be agitating? Or are you going to let God be still and know that God is God? He will be exalted in the nations. He will be exalted among the people. God loves you. He wants the best for you. You know what? Yes, you can say, but sometimes God is talking in the noise. Yes, God can be talking in the noise. His presence can bring about the noise. But let me tell you, matters of life, maybe if God wants to dazzle people, he shows up in noise. But when he wants to really talk the secrets of the kingdom, secrets of life, he talks it in the quiet. You cannot hear God with all the noise that is going on around you. You cannot hear God if you will not, if you will not, relax. Do nothing. The reason God commanded a day of rest for every week is because he needs you to recalibrate. He needs you to be now in control. But you'll never be in control if you keep fretting, if you keep fussing about what is not. Let him lead you. Let him lead you. Silence has many voices. I remember growing up, if my mother is still talking, you're safe. When she stops talking, there's trouble. And in many ways, I took after her in that regard. I really don't like words plenty like that. I just want, let's just be quiet. doesn't mean nothing is happening on the inside. There's a lot going on on the inside, but it is very controlled. So what do I have to say to you today? It's not everything they answer to. Let me tell you that one now. Keep quiet. Just be looking. Watch. You say, hey, they will take me for a fool. You better be a fool for Christ. 
than to be a fool for the devil. You better stop running your mouth so that the devil stops knowing what your strategies are. Let God lead you. Follow God. Rest in God. Trust God, knowing that God knows exactly what to do in your situation. I will leave you today because I plan to return to this topic some other time. I'll leave you today, but for now, rest, relax, calm down, be still. Only then can you know that God is God. Till I come your way again, I want you to know that I love you, but God loves you more. God bless you, my dear friend. Have a good, good week. Bye-bye now. Thank you.